November 9th, 2002. Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook. I am Tim. And I'm Willie. Willie, how's it going? It is going. Good. It is going, yeah. Just, uh, I don't know, same old, same old, right? Um, yeah, we got some... The weather sucks. I mean, it, like, it sucks in the sense that like we're you think it's going to be good, yeah. and then it isn't. Um, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about some weather <laughs> yeah. later on when we talk about dark water. Absolutely. Because I've got a whole... Get a whole rant built up. Sure, absolutely. That's fair. I um, uh, There is something I want to talk to you about right off the bat, though. Sure. I think we have to talk about this. I think it's important. I think it's easily <laughs> the most important thing going on in the is world right Vin now. Is this Vin Diesel's Instagram? Is that what you're going to talk about? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. We watched a hostage video earlier today, and that hostage video actually took place last week. On the set of uh, Fast... Ten. Fast Ten. X. Is this the last one? One of the last ones. It's uh, Vin may burn the entire thing down. I mean, there may be nobody left when Vin is done with this. So, um. yeah, that's true. Um, so describe exactly what. I, so, so this this was an Instagram post from last week. Yeah, it was an Instagram post from last week, and I actually like last week. I follow Vin on Instagram because I why wouldn't I? Um, he has a terrific Instagram. Very of course. Funny. Now, when know. did it come out that Justin Lin was not directing? Uh, it came out. Yes or no? The day before yesterday. So it was after like this. Two two days. It was after this. Now, does he step <laughs> down as director? Yeah, was he stepped down. He's going to be a producer, which essentially means he's just going to like yeah, my hands are clean yeah. of this. <laughs> is what he is. So he's Justin Lin, the director of Fast Three, Four, Five, Six, right? Three, Four, nine. Five, Six, and Nine. Yes, recently came back to the franchise. He has decided to step down um, a week into shooting Fast Ten. And this is 100% because Vin is just insufferable. Driving everybody nuts. <laughs> He's yeah. driving everybody nuts. He's driven The Rock away from the franchise. The Rock will not speak to anybody. And The Rock seems pretty easygoing, right? I, I made this joke, and I'm serious about it. The Rock worked in pro wrestling mm. and does not say anything bad about anybody there. Yeah. And that business is filled with complete and utter maniacs. Psychopaths, yeah. So, so for him to say stuff, I'm going to play this video real quick. <laughs> it's really Vin funny. posted a video last week. They're and on the set. Somewhere, yes. Yeah. They're on the set, and Vin has got his camera out. 
and he's trying to hype the fans. Yes. What do you think, Justin? Week one. Just finished week one. How does it feel? Feels like the beginning of uh, of an epic ending. Is it fair to say that this will be the best one? In my heart, yes. <laughs> Just nods. <laughs> so Vin the entire time. If you, if the, if Vin you, reacts like Justin Lin was like, this is going to kill everybody. This is going to rock. This is going to be the... Like, that's the way Vin reacts. It was like, that's... He was ready to give that reaction no matter what came out of Justin Lin's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, if I if that didn't pick up, I'll try to splice it in later because it needs to be heard the whole thing. But um, yeah, his his Vin is very funny this entire time because he's making these weird faces like while Justin like, while Justin Lin is saying things about the movie and the what Justin Lin is saying is not as excited as Vin's facial expressions are. He's going, "Oh yeah!" All of Justin Lin's responses are very lukewarm to everything that's happening. <laughs> The best best part of the thing is he goes, is this going to be the best one? And Justin Lin obviously knows this is not going to be the best one. (laughs) So he finds like a qualified way to say, it's going to be a movie. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And then Vin goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. You excited now? (laughs) It's insane. This is one of the more awkward things. And he's still, Vin, this is why we love him. Um, because he is one of the least self-aware people I think I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, he doesn't. He has kept this video up. <laughs> Even after Justin Lin is like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> people people are going back watching this thing much like I am, like the Zapruder film, like analyzing it frame by frame, or, uh, to going like, he was off the project by this point. Like, he has told the people in charge, like, I'm going to get this thing started, but and i got to get out of here. I can't I gotta, do I gotta, another day with this. This is insanity. <laughs> yeah. Vin is a character... Um, not a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about old Vin. No. Which is too bad. I don't even know that he's a, I don't, I don't know what he is. I think he's manipulative. I think so too. A little bit. A little conniving so with certain yeah. things. I think so too. Yeah. I don't think he's as slick about it as he really <laughs> as he <laughs> thinks he so. is. He's not very smooth, is he? I don't think he's a jerk, an out-and-out jerk. I think he's like a behind-the-scenes jerk, like string-pulling jerk. Yeah, he's bit. like a backstabber. Yeah. That's kind of what... That's kind of how Rock made it seem. Yeah. Because what it was was what Hobbs and Shaw, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Hobbs and Shaw came out, and Vin wanted, did not want that movie made. And no. And, like, went behind Rock's back. And this isn't even getting... You know, I will say, though, there's that whole, like, punching in the face thing. Like, mm. there's the, they have it in their contract that, like, him, Statham, and Rock, like, can't lose fights. And I've always gone back and forth on this, because people, like, on screen, they're not allowed to lose fights or something. This story came out, and, like... They're not Wait, allowed to doesn't get The Rock lose a fight or two? This, doesn't Statham beat the shit out of him in one of those movies? Yeah, but uh, that's pr- that's like, well, I think in the earlier ones. Uh, the last one is a draw. Statham and Rock, that fight in eight, is a mm-hmm. draw. I think this is a more recent thing okay. with them. And <laughs> what, arti- is, what arti- an amazing <laughs> thing to have in your contract. So artistically, it's bad. I From a business, I get, I kind of get it why all three of them have that in their contract. Yeah. They have a brand... <laughs> Yeah, and they have to protect it. It's stupid. It's ridiculous, <laughs> and it's silly. But I do kind of get it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think people sometimes forget too that like Vin started off as a director and had a pretty um, well-received feature debut, and this is like pre-Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot. I, was, I think it was called uh, God. What was the name of it? I'd have to look it up. But um. He was a director before he was uh, an actor. I think he's in the movie as well. But regardless, he was—he's kind of a film nerd. Like he's, 
his he's da- yeah. big into like directors and classic cinema and stuff like that. And it sounds silly to say it, but I think he kind of became an action star, and I think he still has like. I think he still has a little bit of, because he what was the Fellini esque quote that he had where he was, he was like, but I think he sometimes he gets, a little bit too, like into his own, like buys into his own hype or he thinks he like still wants to be like that, like that artist, right? And he's kind of not that at this point, like, no. and I'm not saying like he's like. It, what Vin does is not worthwhile. It is, I think. But, uh, like, Arnold, like, didn't ever want to be, like, an artist. Like, he just wanted to do cool action movies. Yes. And, and I th- uh, I think Stallone is the closest Stallone, to Vin. In, yeah. In terms of, like, how they may approach. Because Stallone approach, approaches film as, as, like, an art as well. Right. Depending on what he's making. Um, he kind of toes the line between, or, like, the, uh, blurs the line between, like, what Vin, I think, is trying to be and what... Arnold was accepting his action hero status. So. Yeah, but Stallone co- continued to write and direct throughout his career. He did yeah, yeah. Whereas Vin doesn't really. Vin yeah. doesn't do that. I mean, Strays well, was the name to, of the. He seems to want to. Yeah, that's and true. that seems to be the problem. Yeah, <laughs> Strays was the name of the. Um, Strays. Okay. I believe that was the one that. I think that was the one that was pretty well received. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know. He's a. He's a character, that one, you know? I just want him, and I told you this earlier, I just want him someday to know all the joy he has given me on and off screen. I hope one day you're able to tell him. I, <laughs> I hope you are. That one day, years from now, you bump, bump into him or something. Yeah, I won't see him at a con. I'll probably see him out and about. Vin might be at a con years from now. <laughs> I think I'm more likely to see him at like a like a Rihanna concert or something. <laughs> Out out about it like yeah, some sort of show. If Vin play if Vin played a like if Vin put on a a live show like a live concert you'd go right. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember the video he posted of him singing Hell on yes. Valentine's Day? He said Happy V Day. He was singing a Rihanna song. He was. He was. And then what's his single he released that was pretty sweet? Jeez, I can't. I didn't even think feel of like that. I do. Feel like I do. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> it's a renaissance. What's your what's your like? <laughs> what's your dream? Like celebrity musical side project lineup for like a like a three a three band show. So I, here I'm gonna guess for you, right? Okay. Vin headlines. Vin's the headliner. Okay. Decovney's Deco- <laughs> the middle act. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. And then the opener is. Oh man, Keanu with Dogstar. Dogstar. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other ones. It's not Leto. I'll tell you that much. No, I do not heaven, like his band. No. Who are some of the other? So the other one, only other one I was thinking, and he's recently retired. But I'm talking like prime Bruce Willis, like Bruno, Return of Bruno. Hell yeah, yeah, uh, like prime Bruce Willis. Hell yeah, That'd when be he sweet. was doing music and stuff. That'd be Who sweet. are some of the other musicians? Donald Glover. I oh, mean, Donald what? Glover's like good though. No, he no no no. I'm not, I'm not like I'm just saying like it's kind of his side. Not the company good. Oh yeah. oh, Renner. Oh my god. No, Glover is good. We're gonna leave him out of this. Yeah, Renner. Renner. <laughs> Can you imagine Renner opening up for Diesel? <laughs> Fuck. I couldn't. I couldn't do uh, it. Russell Crowe was in a band, right? Yep. Russell Crowe was in a band for a while. Uh, um, uh, this Not really a celebrity, but uh, well, a celebrity in Detroit, Darren McCarty, former Detroit Red Wing, had a band called Grinder. Yeah. For a while. I like Darren McCarty. He's doing yeah. wrestling now. He's in wrestling, yeah. It's pretty yeah. sweet. <laughs> Which is basically what he did as a hockey player, so. Christopher Lee had his metal albums as well. That, yeah, that rules. Yeah. Yeah, he did a metal Christmas album at one point. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's got to be Vin's got a headline, and then you got to put Renner in there, and you got to put Duchovny on the on the on the bill. Hell or high water. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Of those, of those, uh, the most talented is Duchovny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, one that, the, one, the music I like the best is. Yeah. The company. The music I really like the best though is Ben. Yeah, I, I forgot about Renner. Thank you for that. He was like, those were like pop songs, right? That he single doing? he put on is so weird. It's like the most like, like commercial pop song. Yeah, from like 2002, and like Renner's like 50. <laughs> what are we doing anyway? Whatever. I'm gonna he's, move on. An, he's an interesting guy. Isn't he's, he? he is an interesting guy. Yeah, he had the Renner app. Um. Never I that was like so, I got, that was I missed that whole thing mm. and then all of a sudden he closed it down and it like blew up and like you guys were talking about it and mm-hmm. I was I've never felt like what's that FOMO so yeah. much like well it wouldn't been fear of missing out I just felt bad about missing you I wanted missed, to be on it I missed the entire rudder I, I heard it was incredible <laughs> especially towards the end um <laughs> before the fall um have you hey, been well, oh, sorry <laughs> real quick before we move on. No, let's not. Let's keep going. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Horror movie yearbook. That's what we do here. Uh, we talk about horror movies. <laughs> Sometimes we forget. Um. But no. But hey, look. Depending on your taste in music, you might find any of those artists to be a bit of a horror show. I don't know. I love them all. But it's been done. Been. I mean, the really only horror movie he's done is Pitch Black, kind of right. You can count that. Yeah. There's horror elements in The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> of course. And Bloodshot. Sure. He's dabbled. But Pitch Black would be the number one. In terms of like straight horror, sci-fi horror, I guess. Boiler room could be kind of scary too. If, you know, I mean, if you're if you're that horror. Boiler rooms are scary. They have a history in horror films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. He was in that movie with Seth Green. That was a bummer. Um, which movie was that? I don't remember. Knock around, guys. Oh, knock around, guys. That was pretty good. Nah, it was alright. Yeah, I always just that movie was bummed me out because I was a big Seth Green fan. And spoiler alert for knock around, guys. He gets like capped halfway through the movie yeah like in a really mean way and i was like fuck this i don't want to watch vin diesel grumble his way through this fucking movie anymore so seth green you got to watch uh idle hands hell yeah yeah <laughs> seth green rules why is seth green not acting still i know he's doing like robot ch- chicken and all is that, that still going on i think so is robot chicken still going on i know he still does he's still ho- the voice of howard the duck oh is he in all the in the marvel stuff but speaking of that yeah. we are like 12 days away from Doctor Strange. And not even 12 days. We're less than a week away from a Sam Raimi, Danny Elfman movie coming back out. Like, together again for the first time in almost 20 years. And I, like, it hit me today. And I watched the, um, I watched the, uh, they had a clip online where Doctor Strange is, like, fighting monsters or whatever with America Chavez, is it? In the cape. And I went, oh my God, there are bright colors. This looks like a movie. I know. <laughs> It really does look like like here's the thing. There are some I don't want to actually. There have they Marvel has made an effort no, to no, try no, even to, like yeah. like some of the movies that I was a little more um, I was a little less enthused about, like Eternals, right? For instance, um, which I, I still enjoyed, right? A lot of it, um, but even that had a like a visual style and felt like a movie at the very least. I mean, it was still Marvely and there was still CG, you know lasers and and monsters and uh fight scenes and stuff but like it did feel like a movie to me which was cool so but no dude i'm very excited to see sam raimi direct this kind of thing again yeah and teaming up with elfman's great um and i like dr strange 
not like my favorite character, but I like Doctor Strange. Um, even if this movie's a mess, right, in terms of like plot, which I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit. Yeah. I don't even care as long as it looks as cool as the trailers are showing me. For sure. I really don't care. And I think it's pr- it's all but confirmed that Patrick Stewart's in this movie. Well, his voice was in the like, trailer. In the trailer. We can talk about that. Yeah, and there's oh, like yeah. a blurry bald head. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, it, uh, I mean, and it's, Professor, it's not it's not Picard. Picard is on TV. Yeah. So, who's his, so um, who do you want? Okay. One thing before we move on to our... our the uh, show? Yeah, our show proper. You get to build an Illuminati team made up of any... Of actors trying any, to be rock stars. No, no, stop. <laughs> I love it, though. Uh, Vin's the leader. No, um, an Illuminati, Illuminati team. So for those who don't know, apparently the Illuminati is in this Doctor Strange movie, this new Doctor Strange movie, and they're composed of uh, various uh, Marvel characters from the Marvel multiverse. So, yeah. for instance, Patrick Stewart, perhaps, from the X-Men movies, the Fox X-Men movies, We've recently seen um, Andrew Garfield and Tony McGuire come back as their respective Spider-Man characters. Um, I want you to, through the vast catalog of everything Marvel's done on the big screen, Okay. I want you to pick four members to join Patrick Stewart in your multiversal Illuminati. I'm going to make a joke and you're going to get mad at me and then I'll do it serious. It's okay. Dolph Punisher, no, Thomas Jane Punisher, um, Ray, Stevenson, Ray Punisher. Stevenson Punisher, and... What's John Burnthal Punisher. Burnthal Punisher. So they just like all guard. They're all flanking uh, <laughs> Patrick Stewart. It's just Punishers. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. So you've got to have a brains. You've got to have the brains. What? What? what I think do the I Illuminati tend to be like? It doesn't matter. Build your build your do team. I, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so do I have to have one that's a brain, one that's a brawn? Like, should I? If we're going by like the comics, they're all kind of like they're all brainiacs, aren't they? Yeah, but also like pretty powerful. Like Black Bolt's on the team. You so know. I'll say. Mr. Fantastic's on the Mr. Team. Fantastic from the Tim story from that 2000s. You want Yone? Yone Gruffold. Yeah. Uh, is it Gruffold? Gruffold? Dude, I have no idea how to pronounce his name. No, I, I've heard people say Griffith, and I'm like, there's none, none of that. Griffith? That. It's Gruffid. <laughs> the, the dude from the Chris Evans, Jessica Alba. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, sorry, um, yes. So if I've got to pick Reed, yeah. But do I don't want to pick Reed. You don't have to. Pick anybody you want, man. Yeah, I don't want to pick Reed. Don't do it. No, because you know what, though? Ugh, this will get me started. I don't like that. I don't like Krasinski as cast as Reed. I think it's terrible cast. Okay. I don't like it at That's all. That's fair. Um, and I like Krasinski, and I like Reed Richards. I don't like the Like two that of them. pairing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've, I've got Toby back, right? Yeah, Toby's on my list, too. Tobes is in the... I want Tobes in the Illuminati, right? I want Blade in there somewhere. Wesley's Blade yeah. in there. Boom. That's That's a couple right there. Yep. I want... This is just your purely what you I'm want. I'm trying to think of who I want from the X-Men that's not Hugh Jackman because I don't want Hugh Jackman and no. Wolverine in it because I want him to be, if he shows up, I don't want him to be in the Illuminati. I want him to be kind of like a, a rogue element. James Marsden. Give him James another Marsden. shot. I like that. Give him a chance. Kelsey Grammer. No. <laughs> Sorry, no. Fair enough. I'm not as crazy about Kelsey Grammer's Beast yeah. as I think the rest of the Midwest Podcast Network is. Um... I mean, you could do Ian McKellen, right? Yeah, I'll do McKellen. I like that, actually. And then who? I should move on from there. Do I want anybody from Daredevil? I mean, I wish I could get Michael Clark Duncan back yeah. as Kingpin because he's, he's my favorite Kingpin. Of course. I will say 
What do, what do I have? Somebody from Ghost Rider? Do I want Nick Cage's Ghost Rider? I mean, we got Ghost Rider. He's too similar to Blade. We got Ghost Rider. We got, um, you can start digging deep into some of like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Dolph David Pope. Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. Hasselhoff's Nick Fury, that would rule. That would rule. Yeah. That would rule. I like that. Oh, no. I want the uh, 90s Captain America. I, uh, Captain America oh, guy. Shit. Matt Salinger? Yes, Matt Salinger. Uh, son of J.D. Salinger. J.D. Salinger's. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Um, Who do you excellent. want? Because I've blown this. Um, I'll go back. To, I'll just stick with my four Punishers. <laughs> uh, my so just just purely based on no logic, just who I want to see. Yeah, who do you want to see again? Uh, Dolph Lundgren Punisher, zero question. Um, uh, James Marsden Cyclops, hundred um, percent. Ben Affleck Daredevil. I watched that again recently, and I texted you about that. It's kind of fun. I. It's a very enjoyable. I prefer the director's cut. Yeah, actually, yeah, with yeah, the Coolio cut. Yeah, but. It's as it is. It's an hour and forty minute superhero movie. It's kind of refreshing now to sure. sit back and watch. There's no strings attached to it. You throw it on in the middle of the day and you have yourself a good time. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, man, who's my last? Who do I want for my last one? Mmm, this is tough. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm looking back, a oh, man thing from the Sci-Fi Channel original movie. All right. <laughs> Oh, uh, sorry, I forgot. Uh, I want Stanley's Stripperella. Hell yeah! There we go. Now we're do you talking. remember Stanley's Who Wants to Be a Superhero? I, I loved that I show. Do. I, do. I loved that show. Yeah, so me much. too. That's fun. That was on Sci Fi too, wasn't it? Yes. Excellent reality um, show. Yeah. So before we don't have any feedback this week, uh, before we dive into <laughs> our, we're gonna movie, get some this week. We sure are. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, if we're not getting feedback this week. Oh, Steve did tell us he wants our when we do these, and I want to give him a shout out. So when mm. we steal this title. Because uh, I do like the title. He wants us when we do those second chances to call them picture retakes. Uh, yeah. To so stick Tim, with the school. Tim theme. recently rewatched yes. uh, for the show. We recently rewatched um, uh, House of the Devil, which is a movie that Tim didn't enjoy in his initial viewing, but he gave it a second shot. So right. I think we're gonna try doing those here and there. Um, I got. Th- I have one in mind. Right okay. out of the gate that I like did not like, and I think everybody else I know liked it. And I went, okay, I must. What is it? Now you the Vivich. Oh, the witch! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Didn't like it. That's a good one. Yeah, that's so, a good one to do because we haven't. Yeah, we haven't done that. I might revisit that one. Anyway, so that might be coming down the pipeline. Um, yeah. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback about this insanity that was the first what half hour of our episode, we're only at twenty minutes. I listen to I listen to plenty of well, actually, I, there's one podcast in particular I'm thinking of that's a wrestling podcast. Yeah. That does not get to actual wrestling oh, no. until forty minutes into it. So I'm know. not. I'm not mad. So <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've. I go out of my way this is important. to put timestamps in the show notes, just so everybody knows, and I'll tell you right now. So if you want to skip our rambling, <laughs> you can do one of two things, and this will give you a good opportunity to plug something else here. You can go to the show notes and the timestamps and skip to my helpful timestamps, or you can go to our YouTube page, Horror Movie Yearbook on YouTube, because I just saw upload the movie discussions Beautiful. on there. So there you go. Beautiful. You can also send us feedback, horrormovieyearbook at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at HM Yearbook. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And we're on YouTube. Um, yeah, check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash MidwestPodNet podcast. What is it? <laughs> MidwestPodNet. Yes, Podnet, I say yes. it all the time. And yeah. uh, heads up, I have in our Discord, I because I do the honor roll every couple weeks, and I've been keeping track of it on an Excel document yes, like I and do. and you shared that with the And group. I shared that with everybody. So you can go 
you get a link to our Discord and you can have access to my Excel document, which also includes a very helpful Excel calendar filled with horror movie release dates. It does. Yeah. It's so for I have May up there now. Um, and I'll, I'm tr- going to try to keep it because that's how I kind of keep track of the movies I want to watch. That's because good. it's so hard these days. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I, I think, I think is, we'll see. At some point I'll be back to that kind of. <laughs> Ability to watch things. You know what's nice it's though? Much harder. But. Yeah, and I didn't. It didn't hit me until like le- until the last couple months. Is it's nice that we're getting like new movies coming out. Like, and it's back to and it's a little bit quicker now, which is also kind of nice, honestly. Mm-hmm. But it's back to theater and then on demand. Mm-hmm. So it's it's as I remember it because there was obviously that weird year where like stuff was just coming out, and then we Insanity. had last year where like some movies were coming out in the theater and then some movies were just dumped on. It was weird. Yeah, I kind of, I actually, there's a part of me that prefers now not the same day because I know Peacock's doing Firestarter but not doing the same day release. Oh, Peacock's same day. Peacock, or, or, Firestarter, uh, Firestarter is, is going to be the same day because I think they're for premium Peacock or whatever. Premium Peacock. But I kind of like the way I mean, I, I like the old model, but I like even the way Batman did it, which is like 45 days later, they'll throw it on HBO Max that for rules. about a month. And yeah. I like that too because like now these movies are coming out and I want to see them, but it also gives me some distance from like the hype. <laughs> so like I, yeah. can, I can watch a movie kind of divorced from it too and like at my own speed. So anyway. I think it's kind of nice to be divorced from some of that sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hey, we're not talking about Batman or uh, Firestarter tonight. We're talking about 2002's, um, Dark Water. Dark Waters. <laughs> um, you g- wow. Uh, so my oh. brain is, I'm still thinking about Vin. I think that's the problem. Is uh, do you think Vin has seen Dark Water? Has he seen Dark Yeah, he's seen it. Oh, you think so? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. You think he wants to adapt it? No. I think Vin, I think Vin watches everything. Do you, I don't I think, think Vin so. watches a lot of shit. I don't think so. I no? think Vin, I think Vin listens to music, mostly dance music, pop music, okay. house music, and I think Vin, if anything, no, I think he just plays D and D. He could be right. You, he may be an avid reader. I bet you Vin's like super into like manga and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know Vin wants to make a Dragon Ball Z movie, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. He wants to be Goku. So he may, I, you know what, he's probably seen Darkwater, you're right. He's seen it. I think he's just, he seems like a guy who likes likes other cultures and stuff. Like, he seems like he's somebody who's interested in, For sure. in, in different, I don't know, I could be totally off base. Um, I got us, I'm, I'm trying out a new intro this week. I, didn't, I was going to play it for you, I forgot. Maybe I'll play it for you after. So, but I put a time machine noise in the intro this week. I'm pretty proud of it. So and I got the date. Uh, so get, hit me with your time machine noise. We're not getting rid of the time machine noise. It's a classic. It's a staple. So Of course. Let's jump in the time machine. You ready? Yeah. That's a bubbling bathtub. <laughs> Sounds like my engine sometimes. My car. Yeah, yeah. Your car's, <laughs> car's on its way it's out. It's getting I up think. there. It's yep. getting up there. It's, it's getting old. Um, yeah. November 9th. 2002 is where we are. Yes. So this was released, just a reason why we're, I'm going to give this, and then I'm going to ask you, because uh, we'll waste some time, again, <laughs> with some time machine stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're in no- November 9th, 2002, because we are going to go, this is, movie has been released in Japan in January of 2002, but we are in the US of A, the United States of America, where it is playing at the AFI Fest with mm-hmm. movies like 
uh, I believe the American Film Institute. Yeah, the American Film Institute Festival, which I think was in Seattle at the time, mm. and movies like Cronenberg's Spider, Spider, I think, were yeah. there, and then oh, I had it, I had it, I had, it, I had them all written down. Whatever. Um, the other one was City of God. Played yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was a big movie. Yes. So this movie played there, mm-hmm. and we are going there. To watch it now. Do you want to? You want movies, TV, or music? You want to know? Let's kick it off. Let's kick off some music in honor of Vin. All right. This is what we're listening to. This is the top ten. November that weekend. November of two thousand two. Okay. So I feel like I'm, I should know these. This is my. This is your senior year of high school. Right, I would have been graduated by this by point because I would have, yeah, I would have been out yeah. and about um, living with my parents. So, okay. yeah, the, yep, yep. I would have been, I guess, a sophomore, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a sophomore in high school, I think. It, this movie wasn't released <clears throat> here. Oh no, DVD. I would have been a junior because we were, yeah, because yeah. we were transitioning to 03. So I was a junior in high school. Sorry. Yeah, just one more note on the release. It wasn't released here in the United States until 2005 on DVD when the remake the, came The out. remake, yeah. The Jennifer Connelly one, yep. So first up, number 10, Santana and Michelle Branch, The Game of Love. I vaguely remember this song. Kind of remember it. This was one of Santana's hits that wasn't smooth. Yes. And I think it came on the album after that. Okay. And I think this was the hit off that. Cameron, hey ma. Hey ma, what's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I know that one. You know this one. Creed, One Last Breath. I don't know if I do know this. I'm thinking, maybe see. Is that the oh, song? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ain't so, so far now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you yeah. do Creed, you have to do the Scott Stapp voice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hold me now. Is that this one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> it is now. Sure. Number seven. <laughs> one of the worst Bond songs, but also one of my favorite Bond songs. Can you guess it? Uh, it's not one of my favorite, actually. I don't know why I said that. Is this the Madonna one? I think I'll die another day. It's not my turn. Is it Madonna? Yeah. Is it it yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lyrics go, uh, Sigmund Freud, Sigmund, analyze this, analyze this. <laughs> so I haven't seen Dead Another Day in a long time. It is one of the dumbest movies of all time, and I love it. Yeah. I do love the movie. It is. It's the last Pierce one, right? It is the final Pierce one. Yeah. Yes, it's when they. It's like when Triple X was coming out, and the because Bond, even like when they're good, likes to copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other like movie, yeah, yes, things that are kind of popular. Because even like yeah. Casino Royale, which is Moonraker, great. was an example yes. of they make a space movie. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, Casino Royale kind of ripped off the Bond or the Bourne, the Bourne movies, yeah. but it's great. <laughs> this one ripped off Triple X, <laughs> which was a miscalculation. Yeah, on their part kind of a miss. Uh, number six, Justin Timberlake's "Like I Love You." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number no, uh, number five, Kelly Clarkson, "A Moment Like This." Uh yeah. So this is when Kelly was. Uh, Fresh out of Idol. American Idol, right? Yeah. Right before Justin Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> I had a manager who used to watch that, unironically watch that movie in the video store, like, a lot. Really? Yeah, he played it a lot. I guess, the like, because you aren't paying attention, I like to throw on movies with music in them Maybe well. that was it. Mm-hmm. He was he watched it a lot, though. I kind of get that. Yeah. The one that I um, wanted to throw out the window was The Muppets. <laughs> That Muppet movie with Jason Segel. Oh yeah, that movie was played so much. Um, and I'm just there gonna... were three or four people we worked with that played it 
a yes, lot. One in particular. And I I I get sometimes shocked like gassed things and I'm just gonna say it on here now. Um I don't like two things in that movie. I don't like Jason Siegel. Okay. Uh people go <gasps> but this is the one that always gets people. I do not like the Muppets. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I don't like them. That's fine. And I don't care who knows. You know, like the old dudes that hang out on the balcony and I, yell. I mean, they're fine. They're I don't. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I just I get really, but it might be that movie, honestly. Oh. Uh, number four. Fair enough. Uh, Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland, Dilemma. Nah, this is I know. man. I, and I it's remember. all in my head. I think. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, this yeah. is the one. The I don't music, love this song. <laughs> the, the, the music video is really good though, because this is the one where I think it's Kelly Rowland. She gets mad at Nelly. Because he doesn't uh, answer she, his text, and she's texting on an Excel document. They show her screen, her phone screen, and it's an Excel document. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That rules. Uh, number three, you will know this one. Lose Yourself by Eminem. Yeah, song rules. What was it like around the release of 8 Mile in Detroit? Because it came out, 8 Mile came out this month. It was a big deal. I mean, like, it just, I mean, it's kind of a big deal I think like it was the movie was huge. Mm-hmm. The movie was like a cultural thing for a minute. Like I don't know how much bigger it would it was here because I didn't really do any like I was I don't know, I was a junior in high school so yeah. like but like people were pumped for it. Like people had like plans like when are you going to go see 8 Mile? It was like an event. Like, yeah. When when are we when are you going to go? When are you going to see it, you know? It was a big deal for sure. And everybody was really into Britney Murphy. Oh yeah, yeah, she big was, time. She was cool. Big she was time. Cool. Anthony Mackie's in that movie too. Mackie, yeah, yeah. Mackie's in it. Uh, he's like the the I final. I like that movie. He's, I, the, he's the final boss in the. Yeah, yeah. I like Eight Mile. I do too. I do too. I like that movie. Yeah, it's actually it's got kind of like Rocky vibes. It's yeah, it's it's yeah. what it's going for, and it's yeah, it's good. It I, hits. It, it works. Yeah. Yep. Um, and lose yourself is like I mean it's played dead. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. it's a great anthem. It's a good song. The, yeah, yeah, for that movie. Especially. I'll still listen to it. Mm-hmm. It was played a lot. <laughs> yeah. It was played a lot. Yeah, and especially like if you live in the Michigan, if you live in this area, and you go to a sporting event, it's played in every single. Yes. Yeah. It's like, whatever sport you go to, they're going to play. Uh, Detroit is big for sports anthems because Jack White Seven Nation Army is played at every sporting event uh, too. So there's, there's like generally a Kid Rock song played at most of them yep. too. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, number two, Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy. You big Skater Boy fan? Yeah, I just uh, no, but I, I just sang this song to Josie, and she thinks it's really funny. She likes the song. Yeah, I don't remember why. Ironically, I, sang it or? To her. <laughs> I don't know. She laughed at it. <laughs> I don't remember why I sang it to her. I can't remember, but um, I started singing it to her, and she just thought it was hilarious. So I played the music video for her, and she thought that was pretty funny too. I also thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> How's it age? Good? No, uh, I mean, yeah, it does. Because... Avril Canadian. Yeah. Lass. What I love about Avril Lavigne, that at least the early... I don't know what she's up to now, but like that early thing is She's like, got a new album out. It's like she's got a hit, like a big oh, hit good, out. Oh, good, yeah. I, I like her, but like let's, let's be completely honest here. Like she was packaged by a, a record company to be a, uh, an alternative to like the Britney Spears thing. Right, like if for like the edgy gals and and, and guys, you know, like right. that was what what it was. But like if you watch that music, if you're like, holy shit, like this is just as polished and and perm pressed as everything. It's just so funny. Like, but but they, there was this like I remember when when she got popular when this song and the previous single came out. Like everybody was like, ah, oh, she's such a rebel. And I'm like now looking back, it's funny. Cause you it's know like, what song of hers I kind of like, and it just popped in my head because yeah. you said her other songs. It's not Skater Boy. I kind of like the slow ballad. 
Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah. Cool. I like that song. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't dislike her at all. I mean, I think she's kind of cool, but it's just funny, like, looking back at, like, my teenage mind where I, where I was, like, I kind of bought into that. I'm like, oh, she's cool. She's kind of different. She does, she's not, not a wuss like Britney. She's kind of badass. And now I'm like, no, she's not. She's just... <laughs> They just packaged it that way. Like she was, uh, she dated the some forty-one guy for a while, I believe. I don't like that guy. <laughs> I don't like his face. <laughs> you ever really look at it? Right. It's what it's all about. It's what I sing. Cool. I sing a lot uh, on this episode. Um, uh, do I have you seen this? <laughs> yeah, I see this. Spider-Man Two, right? That's from the Spider-Man One soundtrack. Is that I think. Spider-Man One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it is. Uh, some forty-one. What was their big fat fat lip? lip. Yeah. Stolen through the pony like our name is El Nino. Yep. <laughs> like a back uh, Camino. I don't think I really liked them either. I liked Blink. I like Blink. I still like. I, I like still Blink. like Blink. Yeah, I like Blink quite a bit. Uh, Some forty one. Like if their song that was a band. Like if Fat Lick came on the radio, I would listen to it and I would like it. But I didn't. You were gonna go buy the CD. I didn't buy it. Like I never bought yeah. a Some forty one album. Yeah, 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 I gotcha. So, all right, and the number one song, no doubt, featuring Lady Saw. I don't know Lady Saw, but. Uh, Related to Bone Saw from Spider Man, underneath it all. Yeah, yeah, not my favorite. I no. like No Doubt a lot. That was like, like that was lot. like that last No Doubt album, probably. Yeah, right? like right before we got. She uh, just decided to be Gwen bananas. Stefani. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, uh, I really like No Doubt, but I don't like that song very much. You, yeah, I don't like that song that much either. <laughs> underneath it all. Yeah, no, I'm. She was like, she was Gwen. She Stefani was itching to get point. out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. which is fine. I mean, I get it. That's what happened. She made him. She made him one more. One more album with him. Made him a bunch of money. Then, said, and then okay, bounced. I'm gonna make my own. Money. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's all good. But that's what we're listening to. Heading yeah. to the AFI Film yes, Festival. Yes, we are. We're on our way. I was listening to AFI on the on the way to the AFI. Would that? Uh, yeah, they would be. Oh under, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. dude. I yeah. guarantee. I I bet you was. I, <laughs> See, I was jamming to some AFI at this yeah, point. Yeah, sure. that their bigger their biggest album at the time would have been around this time. I think mm-hmm. um, "Sing the Sorrow." Yeah, what was the big single was uh, "Miss Misery." Uh, no, "Sing the Sorrow" was right? "A Girl's Not Gray" was the big single from that. Really? From yeah, "Miss Misery" was after actually. Okay. Yeah, that was on the album after. "Miss Misery" was the one I remember being huge on the radio, if I recall correctly. Like, um, that's the one I remember them like blowing up. Yes, yeah, Sing the Sorrow was the one that kind of blew up because they were around for a while. Like they kind of were around for a while, but that was the one that kind of blew up. Uh, the Leaving Song Part Two Ms. was Murder. On there. I'm sorry, Miss Murder. Murder. Yep. Yeah. Um, I I've been listening to that album because of CM Punk, the yeah. entrance. And I've been listening to that a lot lately, and I love that album. So yeah, AFI rules. Yeah. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we are going to talk about Dark Water. Yes. The title of this episode. Let's see how we do here. A mother and her six-year-old daughter move into a creepy apartment whose every surface is permeated by water. Mm-hmm. Directed by Hideo Nakata. Written by the novel was written by Koji Suzuki, which is adapted from screenplay by Takashi Ichisi. Ichisi. I don't know. Um. Yeah. It's uh... Ichisi. Hideo Nakata. I'm just gonna move on. Yeah. Um. Starring Hitomi Kuroki, Ryo Kano, and Miri Iguchi. Okay, so this was my pick. I had not seen this before. I had known of it. I have nice. I'm not an expert in J horror. I kind of know, and I I refer to it as J horror. J horror is such a loose term. Yeah. For Japanese horror, what what I refer to when I think or what I think of when I think of J horror is those kind of vengeful spirit movies 
A lot of them had to do with technology. Creepy ghost girls. Creepy ghost girls. Yep. Uh, dead wet girls is another term for yeah. them. Um, yep. So dead those those movies that oh, came shit. out, yeah, from '98 to yeah. 2007, kind of kicked off with Ringu, and then yeah. like. Went off from there. Went off from there. And then and then the remakes. Yeah, and then we had the American versions of The Grudge and Darkwater and Pulse, I believe, they uh, with uh, Kristen Bell was in that one. Yeah. So when, I, when I'm talking, when we say J-horror here, I think that's what we're refer- mm-hmm. referring to. Not so much a lot of the kind of extreme stuff. And this is specifically Japanese stuff, too, because I think a lot of times people lump Korean horror in there as they well. They do, which yeah. is a different beast. It, which um, is like, yep. Yeah, God, you look through this list of like kind of this classic J-horrors and it's like Ringu, Juan, Pulse, One Missed Call, The Eye, one Call I mean, it, yep. Shudder. It's just one after another after another where like I remember seeing the American remake before I saw any of the... Because what would happen a lot of times were, and in this case it happened, is the American rebake would come out and they would, whoever got the distribution rights to the would original, the original would release the original along with it. To we make used money. to get that at, at the video store all the time yep. and there would always be confusion. Yeah. Yep. Customers would rent <laughs> the, the Japanese and they get all mad about it. Yes. And I'm like, well, it, you think we got two copies of the grudge, which is like the big horror movie. Like, come on, like get real. They thought we got two copies of the ring. Right. Like, calm down. It's not out yet. It just came out in theaters last week, dummy. Like, yeah, it's just so fun. I, I miss those days. <laughs> well, you got the ring? You got the ring is here? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Already? How'd you get this? Um, <laughs> Wrong one. So here's what I don't want to do. Before we get started, I want to yeah. set the table. Sure. So before we get started here, I want to talk about two key players in this movie. Of course. And two key players in the context of J-horror. Mm-hmm. And these two men are the author, Koji Suzuki, mm-hmm. and director, Hideo Nakata. Yes. I'm going to start with Koji Suzuki. In Please the, do, because I did yeah. a bunch of reading up on him, and I'm fairly certain I'm buying oh, cool. a book or two. Yeah, um, I have the Ring the ring book somewhere. <laughs> the first one? Yes. There's like a lot. Yeah, we'll get it. So yeah. jump in where you want. So um, in the late 80s, Suzuki split into his time being between being a stay-at-home dad for his two daughters and what is called a cram school teacher, which was helping students prepare for college entrance exams. Uh, for fun, he would tell those students made-up stories and pretend that they were real events that happened in faraway places like New York because this was the late 80s, mm-hmm. and we didn't we weren't as connected as we are now, where you could just, where you get news from all over the globe in about seconds if you want it. Yep. So it was 1989, and he used that skill of telling scary stories to write a horror novel about an urban legend, and the book was called Ring, The Ring. Uh, the Ring ended up being a wildly successful, a book that blended modern technology with Japanese myths. It led to people believing in that urban legend and thinking it was true and leading to Suzuki being called and anointed the Japanese Stephen King, mm-hmm. which was a, le- a label that Suzuki kind of winced at because he wasn't much of a horror fan. He's, he's well, and, he, and he, yeah. he left he left horror writing for a, for a while as well. I yes. think he only recently really returned to the horror thing yeah. um, in the last few years um, with another ring yep. entry. <laughs> <laughs> but and and I like when you are successful at something, you make money doing that. Uh, yeah, of course. And so he he also another big thing for him is he got published in the West as a Japanese author, which is no small feat. So, Rare. Yeah. So you got to kind of, I, he continued to make, he continued to write ring books, mm-hmm. uh, spiral loop, 
birthday. These are all books. Birthday, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get into the I think even titles pro- of the uh, Promenade ring. of the Gods, I think, has ring-related yep. stuff in it. Yeah. But he also wrote a show, sorry collection called dark water yes which we will we'll get into that in a little it's bit it's kind of mini like it's kind of like when king i hate to do the i know he right. didn't like but like for instance like king would write uh you know individual horror stories then he would have a series like the dark tower which was kind of his like magnum opus and then separately from that he would have short story collections where you'd have these nice little bite-sized stephen king stories that maybe didn't didn't warrant a full, you know, a full novel's worth of content. And that's totally what that book is. What Dark Water is, is Koji Suzuki's cool little creepy ideas that he could kind of yes. drop into this book, this this short story book. So, And he was also, he's like he's like a, he's like a sailor in mm. life, in his life outside of writing. I think it's a book he wrote about sailing, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think so too, yep. So he's, he's big into water. He loves water. <laughs> this movie loves water too. <laughs> it does. The Ring, his book, wasn't an immediate hit. It was published in Japan in 1991 and then in America in 2003. For the first few years, though, in Japan, it hovered around 500,000 copies. It didn't see a boom in popularity popularity until 1998 when it ended up hitting 1.5 million in total sales, thanks in large part to a film adaptation of the novel by Mm. Hideo Nakata. There was also a television adaptation in 1995 yes. called Ring Kanziban. And I think it's kind of sexy, right? I've seen it. Yeah. And it is essentially a, and I'm glad, because we're going to talk about porn here again in a second, uh, but it's very softcore. Yeah. It's, there's a, it's, it's a TV adaptation in Japan, but in Japan you can. It's like a pink film, isn't it? In a lot of ways. Is that what it is? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's worth, a, so if you read the novel, the Ring novel, it is worth a watch to watch that one because it's more faithful than what came after. It's mm-hmm. a pretty faithful adaptation, but yeah. it's also pretty amateurish in some ways. Okay. It's very much a TV movie. It's kind of boring, too. <laughs> um, so I, I bring up the softcore porn because we need to talk about porn. As yeah. We, as we not? love to do. Sure. So we're going to travel back one more time to the 1970s. One of Japan's major studios, Nekatsu, which had... Settled into making a brand of flick called Roman Pornos. Ah. Or Romantic Pornos. So these were um, a little bit, I guess a little bit. Not softer as, touch. Softer perhaps. touch. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of one. Not like a Cinemax, because those aren't always romantic. Well, sometimes they would get a little, Cinemax would get a little romantic. Cinemax is even, even a touchstone these days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's, uh, these are These are a little bit more... Uh, Tell you what, go on Pornhub and type in romantic and see what you get. And then see what shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you are. Just don't click any pop-ups. Yeah, be careful there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was in the 1980s that Hideo Nakata, the director we're about to talk about, got his start as an assistant director working for the company and under-director Masura Kanamura, who by the mid-80s was making cheap hardcore videos with titles like Rope and Breasts and Woman Who Exposes Herself. Oh my. How about that? About that, oh my. And you know what Straightforward. I know about Wikipedia, and I hope uh, nobody was monitoring me because I was doing some <laughs> research. Uh, work on Wikipedia, they will they will put up the uncensored pictures of these movies. Oh my! <laughs> so the video covers, uh, they will show you what's going. on. Woman who exposes herself on the video cover is exposing herself. Interesting. So I went, oh, I I better not look at these anymore. Better click right? that off. Click out of that. Um, yeah. I've bumped into that before. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
1991, Nakatsu, the studio, was on hard times, and Nakata decided to leave the country and take an artistic scholarship at London's National Film Archive to study British free cinema movement, the British free cinema movement, which is kind of like French New Wave for British cinema. Nakatsu would, the studio would go under in 1993, so he didn't have a fallback job to go back to, so he set out to become a filmmaker of his own, and he wanted to make a documentary about the director Joseph Lucy, who was blacklisted. He was a director who was blacklisted in the United States in the 1950s and made movies in Europe throughout the 60s and 70s. To finance that documentary, he took whatever jobs he could get. And much like Suzuki, he wasn't a horror fan at all. He lists movies like The Exorcist and The Omen as influences, but he was more influenced by a lot of those British free cinema movies that he studied. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the genre where he could find work in Japan. And one of the movies he would make was released in 1995, much like the first Ring adaptation on TV, and it was called Don't Look Up. Now, Willie, I w- I'm going to read this plot description to you, and mm-hmm. I'm going to see if you can think of a movie that it sounds similar to. Okay. First-time director Toshio Murai is trying to finish a principal photography for a drama. When screening the result of the day's shoot, Murai and crew find that their negatives are intermingled with undeveloped footage from an old film. In the footage, a pale, long-haired woman in white is seen standing in the background of a scene, then laughing hysterically out of focus. A pale, long-haired woman is seen on video. Can you think of a movie that this might sign? Is this like The Ring? Yeah, it's a very similar yeah, to The yeah. Ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No, I thought you were going to go with, uh, I thought we were going to like Cigarette Burns territory for a minute there, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> very similar there, too. Uh, the movie only ran for a few weeks and would be reissued when The Ring blew up. But 1995 was kind of the year to point to when we're talking about the conception, like conceiving of what would become J-horror, which we're yeah. talking It's the year, like... It's the year we had sex, and then the people, and we became pregnant with J Horror with three year for three years, and then the ring came out in 1998. And now we're well, it's yeah, it's, Friday, it's Friday the thirteenth in yeah. 1980, right? It's right. like the year that here it was the initial the initial uh, release, and then it just exploded after that. So yeah, it's there's always that first one that kind of like. That for that one year, that kind of sounds the beginning of whatever's going to be the next. Because it takes studios a little bit of time to go. Oh, to that was on. very popular. Yeah. We got to make this, and it takes yep. time to make it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think talking about the ring is the 1998 ring is best saved for another time if we ever get yeah, to that. But I, I agree. think yeah, it's fair to say the movie that's kind of the movie and the series. I think that and the Grudge for American audiences, I think, are the ones that are synonymous the most with J horror when it comes to like the touchstones. Um, especially those images of Sudeiko in the ring video in particular, it's kind of the perfect balance of the two men we're talking about, Suzuki and Hideo Nakata. Uh, So let's finally jump forward to 2002. We're in the middle of the J-horror boom in Japan with movies like The Ring, but we've also had sequels like (laughs) The Ring sequels. Oh, my God, the titles for these. So we had the sequels are Spiral, Ring 2, Ring Zero Birthday are a couple of them. They... (laughs) It's a mess. I can't even get the Yeah, it's, and then there's Ringu and Ringu 2. Yes. And, yeah. and then you have the American versions, which are The Ring and The Ring, the Ring 2. 2. Yeah. Um, but we also there was also movies like Usamaki. The Ring 2 is really bad. It's very And you know who directed it? Hideo Nakata. I know. <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> he kind of languished after, because he came over to Hollywood. And yeah. He did not have a lot of luck here. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think it was his fault. No. I, and sometimes... 
I just don't think the movie was like I, I don't think the, but the sometimes script wasn't there. I don't I think. I think the know? grudge the because um the director of the grudge directed the Japanese director directed the American version of the grudge. I think that works really well. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it all depends. Um, yeah, I don't know. But by this point, we had, yeah, movies like Uzumaki as well, uh, Suicide Club, Pulse, uh, the two Juan uh, movies that come out on video. Mm-hmm. So it was in 1996, Suzuki published that collection we talked about, Dark Water from the Murky Depths is what it's called. And then in 2002, Kodakawa. Shoten, a media company in Japan, hired to Nakata to once again adapt a Suzuki film like he did with The Ring, trying to kind of capture lightning in a bottle yeah, once yeah. again and being one of the stories from that Dark Water collection, which leads us to Dark, Dark Water. water. <laughs> there you go. I'm I'm done talking. Willie, this is your first time seeing Dark Water? Yes. What did you is. think? I so okay, so I'm not even gonna sit here and tell you like I, I love J horror. Um, because I haven't seen enough to tell you I love J-Hor. What I do love is Japanese cinema. Like, I am a big fan of Japanese film. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen a Japanese film that I haven't enjoyed to some degree. Like, I, I, I just think that there is such a... Japanese culture is inspired in a lot of ways artistically by a Western culture. Um, the beauty of that is that there is an elegance to, I feel like, the Japanese artist's eye that we lack sometimes in the West. There's a softness to the... Uh, there's a carefulness and a delicateness to, like, like the character work and the, um, and the look of the film. There's almost a dreamlike quality to a lot of Japanese films. There's this dreamy, hazy kind of quality about it. And uh, this is no exception to that. And I, I just love that look and I love that aesthetic. And I love that because a lot of these things are inspired by Western culture, and particularly classic Western cinema, classic American cinema, uh, cinema from the 70s uh, through, I would say, the, you know, the, the early to mid-80s, um, you're seeing that classic approach to filmmaking all the way up till through the 2000s in Japanese films. And I think Dark Water is a perfect example of that. I could see some people watching Dark Water and saying, this movie feels like it was made in the 70s. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it feels like it's it, it's not of its own time in a lot of ways. And that's not a knock on it. That's actually a compliment. Um, it almost feels timeless in a way. And I, a lot of the Japanese cinema, I've watched various types, from, everything from, you know... Um, uh, classic, you know, kaiju stuff. I love my kaiju stuff, of course. We've talked about uh, films like Versus on here. Um, uh, even back to Kurosawa, Throne of Blood um, is one of my favorites. I love that. Hidden Fortress is great. You know, like all those old Kurosawa movies. Like everything throughout the course of Japanese cinema, I think, um, has this certain quality about it. And maybe it's just me as a foreigner, like, Looking in on another culture, maybe I just I just have an appreciation for. It. I don't know. Dark Water's no 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 different for me because I started watching this movie and I was like I had this weird warm fuzzy feeling with watching Japanese cinema that I always get when I watch it and it gave me right away. I'm like ah cool I'm watching a Japanese movie I love it like I'm in it. Um, I think it's it's going to be tough to talk about the plot of this movie and break it down because there's not a lot of plot. 
I grabbed it from Wikipedia. There's not. It, it, yeah, and it's it's uh, only a few paragraphs, so we'll blow through it pretty quick because there's yeah. not a ton of it. Yeah. yeah, but in terms of, I think the performances are strong. I like the plot. I like the I like the fact that we've got an, a, a female protagonist who is, um, I think she is strong. I think she's she's strong. She's going through hell. Um, between her divorce and her fears of losing custody of her daughter, and not being able to trust her own mind because she's had uh some some break some, she had a bit of a mental break in the past that she she's recovered from since then. But people are uh, mistrusting of her and they don't believe her as a um, reliable narrator, or, you know, a reliable uh, uh person in terms of being of sound mind. Um. It, She's moving into the small part. I just I like her struggle, and I like her. I like her, despite everything she's going through, fighting for her daughter, and uh, all the way up to the end. I mean, that's what she, her she makes the ultimate sacrifice for her daughter, um, and uh, I love that. I love that through line of of her as a mother and her as a uh, as a strong woman. You know, taking her through the movie. Um, I think visually this movie this movie is a knockout like the like the there aren't a ton of scares in this movie interestingly enough there really aren't a ton of them there's more of that that kind of creeping dread throughout the movie where you're always feeling uneasy you're not being jumped at by anything necessarily there are a couple moments but for the most part it's not a it's not a scare filled movie but it works to the film's benefit because when the scares happen, I think they're sig- significant and, and, and very effective. Um, the couple scenes in the elevator that I can think of, uh, the hand-holding scene on the elevator is the earliest where I just, whoa! I, I mean, moments like that, the moment of the elevator closing and starting to lower down and the door opening and the girl stepping, I mean, that stuff freaks me out because I can put myself in the shoes of that that character in that moment and go, oh my god, I'd be petrified if that happened i've always had uh recurring fears of closing my garage door yeah like going out to my garage and i've always wanted to put this into a movie if i ever made a movie which i would never i'm never going to do but like going out to my garage mulling about my garage like maybe i'm like looking for something coming back inside the house and going to shut my garage door and as the the, when the garage door light comes on the door starts closing there's somebody standing in the garage like they'd been in there the whole time with me Let's just make a short film. That would freak me. <laughs> yeah. that, that, I have that nightmare all, yeah. frequently. And I look out the window and there's just somebody standing there and I'm like, oh my God, that person was in there with me the whole time and I didn't know it, you know, like that. Anyway, that reminded me, the elevator lowering with the the, the little girl in the hallway reminded me of that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like it a lot. I, and I Weirdly enough, I think there's a lot of similarities, for me at least, in terms of the tone and... Uh, The the, vi- the the kind of the the pacing of the plot and everything reminded me of certain uh, like Italian horror films I've seen before, which is interesting. There's an influence there. I feel like there's a little bit of that that there's a bit of that in there. Oh, he names yeah um, that re- he names Suspiria as one of his influences Th- that's coming here. up too. Yeah, that's in here. And I there's a little bit of like phenomena in there too. There's a bit of that. I just I don't know what. There's not a specific moment or a specific scene or it's just the tone and the vibe reminds me a little bit of of those Italian horror films. Um, some of those ones that I really enjoy. But anyway, I thought Dark Water kind of ruled. Um, it certainly made me interested in watching 
uh, a little bit more J-horror, some stuff that maybe I had missed, some stuff that had been remade in the U.S. I, maybe I've seen the remake, and I want to go back and watch the original. Uh, I would be interested in doing that now. Uh, not that I wasn't before, but but uh, I dug this. I thought it was a lot of a lot of fun to watch it, and uh, I've seen the Jennifer Connelly one at some point. I don't remember really caring for it. Um, I'd be interested to watch it again just to see, but I don't know when I'm going to do that. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I'm really no, I I dug it, and it was a nice. Every once in a while, I like dipping my toes into something that from another country because it just it's just different and it's uh, feels fresh. So yeah, I liked it. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're lot. good. I, believe me, I I talked enough there for a little bit, so I, I was happy. To, my turn. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. That was good. You um you almost said something there. You said um you almost said vibe. Um, there's a vibe to it because J horror is a vibe, if you will. It like, is a vibe. It is it because yeah. it and you kind of have to meet it in uh, meet it halfway in that sense because yeah, especially for a Western audience like us. So and I think one of the issues with the Jennifer Connelly version that has been talked about and you touched on it too with Italian horror, J horror and Italian horror. What's different and I think what's a different mindset for those films, those filmmakers, than what we have here is everything here has to be logical mm-hmm. and has to be explained. And we have yeah, to have yeah, some yeah, yeah, yeah. reasoning yep. behind it. And in J-horror movies and in Italian horror movies, a lot of the time, weird shit just happens. Like, just stuff just yeah. kind of, there's no logic, there's no sense to it. And that's kind of it's a cultural difference. It's a sometimes the difference. art trumps the storytelling. Yep, and that's something that I think like you 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 I agree with. I think sometimes Western audiences and Western filmmakers have have issues with that. Yes, I that's been pointing to as one of the problems with that. And Dark Water is a good example with that adaptation or with that remake is it. it it ends up being boring because they're trying to explain everything that happens in this movie, and there's not a proper explanation a lot of times for um, a, a young ghost girl that is, I don't know, like controlling water. and like, yeah, yeah. No. There's not there's not a proper explanation for water demons. Like, it, it's just not going to happen. So that's kind of one of those things. The movie itself, so I don't know what it is about Japanese horror because I sometimes, you know me, I get antsy. <laughs> When watching movies, and I and I go, hey, come on, I want something to happen here. Mm-hmm. But with this movie and a lot of slower movies, like with this movie and especially, I never got antsy. Mm-hmm. And I think it maybe I was drawn in to the relationship with the mother and daughter, and because it, it is more of a it's more of a parental drama <laughs> throughout. Oh like yeah, a par- for sure. Mother daughter kind of drama. Yeah, and it's kind of a character character study too, and it's it's kind of small and it's kind of like you said, it's shot very romantically, very uh, and dreamlike. And I think that might be another. That might be. I didn't even think about it when I was talking about how this is a vibe that reminds me a little bit of like an Italian horror film. There's a dreamlike quality to a lot of Italian horror as well. Yeah, it's a, there's a surrealism to what's going on. It's not in your face every time. It's there's a bit of a subtleness to it, but but it's there. It's there. Yeah. And I'm trying to get like I'm trying I tried to put my finger on why like saying something like I don't know, I guess House of the Dead, but in some of these movies where I go, "Come on, let's let's get this moving. Let's get this talking Good about." Good example. I I remember I remember you uh mentioning this and correct me if I'm wrong. I I could be. 
I remember you mentioning this as an issue you had with um, Haunting of Hill House with the Flanagan show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you were like, I got it. I mean, oh, no, it's a show, which is a little different, but still. But no, this is I. This is a lot of this is a problem I have with streaming in general. Yeah. Too, which is, I kind of, I think it's the, it's the over explanation that kind of gets me and. With this, I'm kind of because it's like a vibe. I'm kind of just along for the ride. I feel like I'm, I'm not being bogged down with exposition, and I'm not being tried. Like they're not a, a lot of time when I get antsy. It's because people are telling me things that are happening or going mm-hmm. to happen, and I'm just like, hey, I kind of want to see them happen. <laughs> or, and even in this movie, it's not in your face about but it sets it up pretty early that you know something is off and you know there's a spirit like a vengeful spirit there and they they hint to it they cut to it pretty early and it's always in the background and it doesn't beat you over the head with it but it's always there and you mentioned that creeping dread it's always along with you so it's always in the back of your mind like this thing is out there while you're watching these characters kind of go through their day-to-day lives and work through that kind of stuff so um, I really, I liked this a lot. Mm-hmm. I kind of, very few horror movies I can think of that kind of, I get kind of, I got kind of like, I don't want to say emotional, like I wasn't crying. But I did, I, was, I did. I not cry, but I was emotional. Like, like yeah. emotionally affected at the end of this thing, and this one I did, and that's a pretty special thing for a horror movie to do. I'm, I'm, I really dug that you said that because I was wondering if maybe... Like, I didn't know if, so like, particularly the finale, of course, when she kind of makes that sacrifice and and the little girl is, and I was wondering, I'm like, I wonder if it's because, like, I have a daughter who's not too far off from that age. I was like, is it just me making that internal mental connection? But, like, the fact that you felt that, too, is like, okay, this movie's doing something for every, like, anybody who watches this, I feel like, can feel that, like, there's the, I don't know I don't know what it is it's, it's, that's that scene right with the elevator kind of leaving yeah, and she's yeah. calling out for her mom and yes yeah, yeah I yeah. think it's I, I think that's yeah. an incredible like a human thing for anybody to relate to and I think it's just yeah. kind of watching these two characters kind of struggle through and watching the main character go yeah. through what she goes through and kind of having to deal with all these outside forces trying to kind of separate her apart. and her daughter and like having it come together and what she makes. And in the end, they're they're torn apart anyway. Yes, yeah. we'll get to the epilogue. I think we'll talk about that. I yeah. Let's. You yeah. ready to do the plot? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do it. Just let's, do it. Let's, let's knock it out. It's yeah. it's really not. Well, I'm gonna yeah. go through this. Yep. And this is taken from Wikipedia once again. But I we'll talk. We'll mm-hmm. add our thoughts as we go. Yoshimi Matsubura in the midst of a divorce mediation rents a rundown apartment with her daughter Ikuku. Ikoko is it Ikuko? Ikuko in a nearby kindergarten. Yeah, she enrolls in a nearby kindergarten and gets a job as a proofreader at a small publishing company. The ceiling of their apartment has a leak that worsens on a daily basis. Matsubura complains to the building. I've been in an apartment with a leaky ceiling. <laughs> yeah, superintendent. Known. But he does nothing to fix it. When she tries to contact the apartment above, she gets no answer. All right, sorry, I had to get through that because that's the end of the paragraph. Willie, tell me about some apartment horror stories. <sighs> vet, this is your time to vet. Because this is also, maybe this is also why I, I got kind of caught up. This is a very relatable thing for anybody who has ever lived in an apartment. You lived like in an apartment? Sh- yes. Yeah. Um, we had a leaky ceiling. Twice. Um, it it was just kind of a bummer, and the guy above us we couldn't get a hold of him, so it was kind of similar to what's going on here. Right. 
and the repair guy didn't do a very good job because it started leaking again about two months later. Um, yeah, it was sucked. It leaked into our closet, ruined a bunch of Nikki's clothes. There's so, nothing more frustrating than water, like water issues. It, <laughs> it is awful. I have a ton of them now at my house. Do you? It, it's frustrating because... Like water is, it, this uses it to great effect. Water is like this force you can't control sometimes. No. It's just this thing. It's <laughs> destructive, too. <laughs> yes, it Good is. Good gravy. <laughs> I've had more issues in my house regarding plumbing slash water than any other kind of issues. Period. I think, I bet that's similar for most people. Um, I've had leaks in this house from the bathtub. I've had a leak from the where toilet. Where we live is a nightmare when it comes to this stuff too. That, and that, where that's just maybe this is why water. we why we love J horror, Japanese horror so much, is because a lot of Japanese horror because they're surrounded by water. Yeah, in Japan. yeah, they got to deal with that bullshit. All <laughs> like the time. and you like a lot of these. Um, these these vengeance, vengeful spirits are like wet, like, yeah. like come from wells and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We're, yeah. We relate. Yeah, and we live in a town that was built on a swamp. <laughs> I have got a anytime it rains, by I'm my house, the backyard. It is my neighbors on both sides of me are higher up, and they flood. It floods. So it floods, and there is a lake in my backyard, and I expect at some point some vengeful demon is going to come out. Come out, and so, some sort of long-haired ghost girl, <laughs> darker yeah. girl, is going to come out of my backyard. And I'm just going to, I'm screwed now. Oh, she's not here for me. Yeah, because uh, I these I've got some stats on these later on, but these vengeful uh, lady spirits from Japan are OP. They got they're overpowered. Like, oh, they yeah. got all of these sorts of powers. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They get they got no limitations. Um, but yeah, no water sucks, man. Water sucks. My Alan Ruck autograph was destroyed. Oh bummer! You had the thing for, her. yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my Tom Savini autograph. Ah. Oh. And my John Carpenter autograph. Yeah, I lost a few of those. So we know what it's like. That's a bummer, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I felt bad for Nikki too because she lost a lot of clothes, like stuff that she had hung up, like nicer stuff. It just sucked. That was the last straw with that apartment. Anyway, I could keep going forever. It sucked. I'm happy to be in a house, even if it does have occasional issues. <laughs> uh, st- strains, strains of entry. Strange events recur. A red bag reappears no matter what. No mm. matter how often Yoshimi tries to dispose of oh, can't handle that. That's that all. Yeah. Hair is found in tap water. That's just disgusting. Mm. Are you, like, grossed out by hair and stuff? I can't be anymore. Oh, because of child? No, I live with... Um, My wife has very long hair. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And hair, I, when you comb and brush and stuff, comes out, and yep. eventually it clogs the sink. It's going to. Right. It's inevitable. Are you grossed out by hair and food, though? I mean, if, like if I'm making it, I'm not going to flip out about it. Right. If I go to a restaurant and there's a hair in my food, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time. Is that... Cause I mean, my wife, if it's a strange hair, yes. I'll. If it's something I prepared in my kitchen... My wife went to... It, but. She won't go to... There's a certain restaurant she won't go to mm. be, anymore, and I liked the restaurant. It's over... Um, mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna put it. I, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It. But she found a hair in her soup, and she's like, "I will never go back there. I'm never going back there. I can't do it." I, mean, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. It probably wouldn't happen again. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's all it takes is one hair, buddy, and they fall out. They do. Yeah, they fall out. It happens. So she she finds it in the tap water. I would not be excited about that. Yoshimi gets glimpses of a mysterious long haired girl around the complex. She becomes regularly late in picking up. 
Ikuko from school and is stressed further when her ex-husband tries to take Ikuko. This was a funny scene. It wasn't funny, but like for a second, I, like I didn't recognize him at first. I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you only see him once before that. Yes. Yeah. And his only qual- like, character trait is that he chain smokes. That's about it. Yeah. And he's not chain smoking in the scene with the daughter. No. So I'm like, who is this guy? She's just walking down. Yeah, around. wandering around with. <laughs> Several incidents remind her of the time she was abandoned as a child. When Ikoko uh, sees a long-haired girl in a yellow raincoat, she becomes ill. Yoshimi discovers a flyer for a missing girl named Mitsuko Kawai, who had attended the same kindergarten as Ikoko, but disappeared about a year ago. Mitsuko had worn a yellow raincoat and carried a red bag. Yoshimi discovers the apartment upstairs is Mitsuko's former apartment. Okay. Yeah, pretty there. pretty standard reveal. I mean, I don't think there's anything shocking here in terms of what you're, you know, these aren't twists and turns that aren't terribly unexpected, but it all is effective and it all works for me. It's her her performance, I think, and her realization of what is going on around her and that these things that she's seeing and, and experiencing are linked uh, that works. It's not so much about, like, wow, what a clever twist. It's more about, like, what... Um, it's more about the performance and the response to that and the direction and the music and everything that um, that I think works for me. I think it makes it more impactful than it might be otherwise. Um, now this is where okay, so the, the the red backpack keeps showing the little. It's like a Hello Kitty. Not it's not Hello Kitty, but it's like got that. Isn't it like a cute little character? Yeah, on it? yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't remember the name. Well, it, doesn't it have her name on it? The I think it does. Name? Yeah. This is our. This is, by the way. Uh, listen to our sister show, Multimedium. Uh, where we talk about another character called Mitsuko from a Japanese cinema, Battle Royale. Two Mitsukos. Both of them are very dangerous yeah. in their respective films. I don't know what it is with Mitsukos, but um, this is, I think, where we get the scene where she goes up to the apartment. This is in that this area. The, yes. ele- the one I was talking about earlier the, with the elevator, where like when the elevator goes down, she's still standing. It's like standing there. That freaked me out. So that was good stuff. Yeah, I'll do the next paragraph here. Yeah, yeah. One day, Yoshimi finds Ikuko in the apartment upstairs, discovering that the faucets have been left running and have flooded the entire unit. Ugh, can't stand that. Uh, Yoshimi decides to move out, but her lawyer convinces her that moving now would weaken her position in gaining custody of her daughter. Her lawyer talks to the superintendent, who finally agrees to fix the issue after much pestering. After the ceiling is patched, things seemingly return to normal, but Yoshimi finds that the red bag has reappeared. She heads to the building roof and notices that the water tank has was last inspected and thus opened over a year ago, mm. the same day that Mitsuko. Was I like the last that reveal too. Scene. That's good <laughs> stuff because I actually did not expect that. I don't know why. I just didn't. I didn't. You know, right? The date reveal. Have you watched? There's a. Are you big on documentaries? True crime documentaries? No. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, your wife is right. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Not as much as it used to be, but I think it's because she knows I don't like them. Okay. So there is one on Netflix called Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yes. Um, this is funny. We talked about this. We didn't talk about this. I talked about the ghost adventure, Zach Baggins, where Going he went to the, went Cecil, to the Hotel? C- Cecil Hotel. Much better than what I'm sure you're about to talk about. Cause well, <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough, so the Cecil Hotel, the the the, the, the events of, of that documentary and, and, and the real life events um, happened well after this film was made. Uh, and interestingly enough... The girl that vanished at the hotel was found in the water tank, and people were complaining about dark water, and they were oh, drinking her remains that were yeah. coming out of the water tank on the roof for and bathing in it for weeks. So it's, it's just a weird... I think even in the documentary, I swear 
they mention dark water and say like it's kind of weird how it was like yes yeah Anyway, sorry. I had to mention Cecil Hotel. Thank you. I forgot all about that. So meanwhile, her ghost, uh, Mitsuko, uh, attempts to drown Ikuko in the bathtub. Okay. So real quick, the term, I used it earlier, dead wet girls. Yes. It was <laughs> it was coined by David Collat in his book, uh, J-Horror, which is a good book. And probably the best book on J... I don't want to say that, but it's of the couple that I've read, it's it's the most in-depth um, when it comes to this because a lot of them are just kind of like reference books. Like they'll have the movie and what it's about and that's about it. And then a short review. This kind of goes in-depth on that. But essentially what they are is it's like Dead White Girls, it, you'll see them in the ring, you see them in Juan. They're like a wronged woman who has been a, like a prom- that figure has been around in Japanese ghost stories for like centuries. So uh, real quick, I want to mention... I, we we uh, we had a friend, uh, somebody we worked with at, our, at the video store many years ago. Not Japanese. Um, he's, his family was from Laos. Okay. Um, which, for those who don't know, is is uh, near Cambodia and and, and that in that area. Um, and uh, I remember him telling us, uh, not long, actually, right around when he was there, uh, the second Ring movie I think had come out on DVD, and we were talking about it and stuff one night after work, and he was saying how. Um, in multiple Asian cultures, the image of a girl, a, a female with hair covering the face in white, is very a very specific cultural fear and a cultural thing. He would talk about how his grandparents would tell stories about you couldn't go into certain areas of the woods because there would be girls, there would be a, a woman out there in white, like a bride in white. A ghost. So it's just interesting to me that like that that visual and that 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 image is something that's actually pretty prevalent in certain cultures. Yeah, and I, I think the name for it is Anrio. Yes, Anrio, uh, and it's an enraged soul of a dead who can return. Um, it typically happens when a person dies violently or in the grip of strong emotions. So like revenge, jealousy, hatred. There are male ones, but it's overwhelmingly female. female yeah. yeah. So real quick. Willie, I'm going to do a, we're going to have a dead, wet girl battle royal. And All I'm right. Gonna, so I told you, these uh, these ladies are powerful. They got powers. So Sadeko is the first one. I'm going to list off. She, so she has psychic who, who powers. Who is this? Sadeko from yeah, the yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah from yeah, the yeah. ring. Sorry. Um, she has like psychic powers. She can telekinetically burn images onto surfaces or into a person's mind. Um she she can manipulate DNA and curses. So, Doesn't she kill people by touching them? Too? Yeah, she can resurrect people. Shit. She can do whatever. So that's her powers. Okay. Kayoko, she's from The, the Grudge. Grudge. Yeah. I'm going to just list these off. She has. This is according to... These two have fought before, by the way. They have fought. I, I mean, I don't remember who won. I watched the movie. I think they merged into one <laughs> at the end. I think they become <laughs> like a fused... <laughs> Which we're screwed if that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she has supernatural speed, supernatural strength, hair attack... Hell yeah. <laughs> so she could use her hair and fling it. Killing intent, um, I think. Uh, oh, you get paralyzed by fear, apparently. Okay. Regeneration, teleportation, shape-shifting, possession, reality warping, illusion. She's got more stuff than Sadako. Uh, Sadako yes. Technology does. interference and manipulation. Curse removal. Selective invisibility. I don't know what that means. Curse removal? So, like, if you if she gets cursed, she Interesting. Like, get rid, gets rid of it. 
there's also a there's also one called Tomi. So we're having a fatal four way basically. Is what's gonna happen. Um, she was she was a manga character, but like she can she's a malevolent regenerative ent- entity. She can um, cause anyone, particularly men, to be attracted to her. So she has the power of attraction. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think. I thought she oh she can regenerate as well. Uh, she could. She's a cannibal. <laughs> But does she eat people or other ghosts? I don't other dead wet girls. I think she eats people. Like okay. but it's a last resort apparently. She's fully aware of her immortality too and generally loses it along with her powers of seduction. Oh my god. <laughs> and the last one is the one we're talking about today. Uh this is what they have listed for her powers. And All right. Hydrokinesis. That I mean yes. I mean that she controls, funny. yeah. Telekinesis, shape-shifting metamorphosis. She kind of does, though. Yes. Because she's carrying the do- her daughter around, and then all of a sudden she turns around, and she's like, oh, that's not my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Manipulation, possible demonic possession, mental projection, super strength, soul stealing. Super strength? I don't even know if that's that's debatable, too. I mean, I guess the... She kind of chokes the mom The telekinesis, out, but... but um, so, yeah, who do you got? Who do you got in the battle royal? Pick a I'm winner. going with uh, Kaoko. K- Kaoko, yeah, she's, yes. way, she's way OP. There's a, her list of shit that she had was, plus she has hair attack, which yeah. is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nikki's in the room and saying I'm lame for picking Kaoko. I think we're, uh, so, okay, so we're into the end here. So, 10 who years. Who do you have, Tim? Who's your winner? I kind of like, uh, oh, it's, so they're fighting each other? Yeah thrown down <laughs> the only reason i kind of like the hydrokinesis but you know they all live in the water uh, okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay i wish i remembered the movie better when they fought but i know you've seen it i haven't actually I, seen it's it. been a while um it's kind of fun but it's like it makes no sense good. at all good that's for the best <laughs> 10 years later ikuko now at high school revisits the now abandoned block and notices that her old apartment looks oddly clean and lived in she then sees her mother looking exactly as she did on that fateful night, and they have a conversation. Yoshimi affirms that as long as her daughter is all right, she is happy. The daughter pleads to live with her mother, but she apologizes that they cannot live together. Mitsuko appears behind Ikuko. Ikuko turns but sees no one. When she turns back around, Yoshimi has also disappeared. Ikuko realizes that her mother's spirit has been watching over her. And that is the that is the end. Uh, oh, I forgot quick. the part. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I forgot the part before it. She's like no, the end of the movie, but whatever. It's all good. <laughs> um, the the scene of the ghost girl of of Mitsuko choking out the mom with the weird, gross face, and it's like mommy. It was that, that freaked me out too. Mm. It was just gross and creepy. That's a great moment. Yeah. Um, and heartbreaking. The little girl crying out for her mom and stuff. That 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 got me. Um, the one thing I wanted to bring up before, yeah. though, was when that torrent of water kind of rushes up through yeah. the elevator. And that's an amazing. Really and they talk cool. a little bit, yeah, about that in the special feature I watch. And they talk about how they, I mean, now they do it CGI and they yeah. make, like, but the little girl sat there. While got it blasted came, by water. Yeah, got blasted yeah. by it's the shot. You can tell it kind of goes over her yeah. and under. Yeah, her. it doesn't. So, they don't hit her with it. Yeah, right. But they still, don't hit her. But it it's is kind of amazing. It's kind of uh, that's kind of like the iconic shot from this. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, epilogue for me. Yeah, what would you think of that? Um, I don't. I, mean, I don't necessarily. I, I didn't need it. But I'll be honest with you that if you had ended on just her being motherless and like, <sighs> it's arguably too grim. Right. So having her at least come to terms with the fact that her mother is... Because she's figured it out at this point. Like, her mother died, but died... Died and has lived in this apartment building, haunting this apartment building, 
to keep her safe essentially her whole life. So there's a it's still sad and it's bittersweet, but there's a there's a there's a nice closure at least there between the two of them. I think I kind of needed it. I did. Yeah. I think you could have ended with just straight up dark like her mom just died and smash cut to credits, but the epilogue's still like it's still pretty sad. It's like, still yeah. it's very melancholy. <laughs> there's at least a sense of like closure though. Right. Which I kind of need. So, I think there was a time in my life where I would have been like, yeah, fuck it. No, they should have ended that shit before. It should have been But now I'm kind of like, nah. The world's rough enough. Give me a little bit of a, <laughs> give me something. Yeah. So. So very cool. That is Dark yes, Water. That is Dark Water. It is on Tubi. There's an Arrow Blu-ray. Uh, um, it's also on Fandor. Oh, Fandor. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Fandor. Um, My favorite streaming service. Yes. <laughs> that I've never used. <laughs> so Tubi, Tubi has ads, but yeah. it's also free. So there you go. There yes. you go. The cat has said enough of this episode. It's ah, time yes. to move on. He's jumped up on. Cloak, Cloak the Black Cat has jumped on and crossed our paths. And therefore cursed us for talking too long about. <laughs> he sounds like the Dark little Water. kid from The Grudge who makes the cat noise. <laughs> yeah, he does kind of sound like him when he meows. It's like the same meow. Yes, I think we've actually. You know what? I think. A Have while you mentioned this before? Back, a while back, I think he did it while we were, and we go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, because <laughs> like his meow is very. It's distinct. like the kid from The Grudge. Holy shit! <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Um, all right, what are we doing next? Gmail.com, yeah, Twitter, yeah. Horror, yeah, whatever. We're you on all the, the socials. Willie, what Find are us. we doing next? Because it's your pick. My pick, and uh, I'm sorry, Tim. I'm not sorry. You're excited. I know you are. We're going to be delving into the greatest slasher franchise of all time with its first installment, starring the great Andrew Devolf. <laughs> I, I recently saw a video of Andrew Devoff. How's he doing? Doing like the Wishmaster voice. Someone asked. Excellent. Uh, someone asked him to do the Wishmaster voice on stage, and he did it. Like, Good for him. Yeah. Uh, as, as the titular Wishmaster. So we're gonna be doing Wishmaster. Excellent. I, I'm very excited for this. I believe one. I believe one of our listeners recently watched all of the. Uh, yeah. Wishmaster movies. Yeah. God bless him. <laughs> I'm excited. I haven't watched it in a long time. Perfect. So we'll do. Somebody's killed oh. a piano wire, I think, in the movie, if I remember right. So Maybe. here's what's going to happen. We're going to do Wishmaster, and yes. then I'm going to get my birthday pick. Okay. And I don't know what it is yet. I have some ideas. Good. And then we're going to. We, we should announce. I think we should just announce it right now so people can get prepared. Our yeah. plan is to June, July, August on Horror Movie Yearbook. Yes. Do kind of a summer of Cronenberg. Yeah. The great David Cronenberg is returning to horror with a new movie, Crimes of the Future. Very excited for it. And, uh, yeah, we love Cronenberg, uh, one of our favorite Canadians, and we're going to be talking all about Cronenberg movies this summer. So, we've, yeah. yeah, we've got three for sure we're going to do, and then... But we're trying to figure out the rest. We're trying to figure out the rest. You'll so. get plenty of Cronenberg. So. Yes. Yes. Perfect. All Excellent. right. Wishmaster, next time. Stay safe out there, everybody, and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>